Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, January 1st, 2023, we bring you a special New Year's Day sermon by Pastor Thomas Slager titled, Follow Me, Jesus. Enjoy. You know, about six months ago, six-ish, something like that, we uh, launched a new church vision, kind of a new direction we were trying to head in um, together, and that's to equip the church to follow Jesus. Equip the church to follow follow Jesus. And you might be wondering, like, what's that? What's vision? What's the importance of vision? Like, why uh, why do we have that? What is such a thing? Vision, think of it like this. Vision is a preferred future that impacts your present reality. A preferred future that impacts your present reality. So when we look forward to where we want to see Highlands in three years or that preferred future, that changes the way that we do things now. If that's where we want to get to, then we're going to have to change the way that we're doing things currently. And, and we're familiar with this even in our own life, right? It's January 1st, 2023, today. So you might have some New Year's resolutions, right? And those resolutions, really what they are, it's some vision for your life. You see, in six months, I want to be down 60 pounds and shredded. Prize six, that's a pretty, pretty lofty goal. Or, you know, in, in three months, here's where I, I want to be financially. Hey, and with my family, the way that I lead my kids and lead my wife, at the end of 2023, here's what I want to see. And once we have that picture, that vision in mind, it changes how we live in the now so we can actually go and accomplish that thing. For us here at Highlands, it's equipping the church to follow Jesus. When we look forward five years, 10 years, however far forward we look, we want to see a church that's deeply committed and devoted to following Christ. Um, not necessarily in touch with like contemporary American evangelicalism. Uh, we don't want necessarily see people who can say the church things and do the church things or people who can go through the motions. Um, we want to see people who are deeply committed to following Jesus. That's what we want to see. We want Highlands to be a church that follows Jesus. Uh, and you might be wondering, okay, what's that mean? What's it mean to follow Jesus? We're familiar with the term following, right? We can follow someone on TikTok. We can follow someone on Instagram. We can follow someone on Twitter. We can follow people on Facebook. We can subscribe to people's YouTube channels. And anytime someone posts anything, we get like an update of so-and-so's got this new short available or so-and-so's live on their story right now. We can go follow them right there. Or we get notifications when people follow us back. And that feels great. Because then we feel like something, right? I'm worthy of following. And, and we get excited. There's this, we understand that concept of following. Or uh, if you're driving home from work or from a movie and someone's following you, like that's one we don't like. Right? You take a right turn and they take the same right turn. And now you're suspicious. Or you drive for five minutes, take a left turn, they take the same left turn, and now you're convinced this person's a spy, right? I'm in, I'm in a movie, they're following, like we don't like the way that feels or you go out on a date and a couple's just following you every way that you take or you're taking a walk outside and someone's following you like that. That doesn't feel good. So we're familiar with what it means to follow someone or follow something or have someone follow us or something follow us. But when it comes to following Jesus, how do we do that? Okay, last I checked, Jesus doesn't have a Twitter, I can't just follow him on Twitter. I can't follow him on TikTok. I can't subscribe to his YouTube channel. He doesn't have a car. I can't follow him to his house, or I can't follow him down the street. So when it comes to following Jesus, what does that really mean? 
What does that really mean? And then, and then why? why? Why should we do that? Why should we follow Jesus? And then a, a third follow-up question we might ask is how? How do we follow him? And those, those three questions are the questions I want to guide our time this morning together. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Why should we follow Jesus? And then thirdly and, and finally, how? Practically speaking, how do we follow Jesus? So let me, um, let me pray once more and we can just ask the Lord to lead our time together this morning and then we'll hop in to what it means to follow Jesus. God, thank you for sending your son. God, thank you for sending your son who um, lived a perfect life, God, who modeled everything he taught so perfectly, God. We thank you for his example. We also thank you for your word, everything that you've said to us, everything you've told us uh, in the Bible. God, we're grateful for that so we can follow you, see who you are, know what you've called us to, and, and also see how your son Jesus lived his life. God, we're thankful for those things this morning. Today, that we ask that you would, you would guide our time. God, that everything we say, everything we sing, everything we do would ultimately be for your glory and your glory alone. God, we love you. And all God's people said, amen. Those are the three questions we're gonna dive into this morning. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Why should we follow Jesus? And then thirdly, how? How do we follow Jesus? So let's start with the first one. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Let's look at this two ways. We'll keep this fairly simple. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means we do what he said and we do what he did. We do what he said, and we do what he did. Uh, you've probably heard this phrase before, do as I say, not as what? Not as I do. Right? You've maybe used that to your kids before. Dad, you said don't use that word. Do as I say, not as I do. Uh, or maybe this week I was out playing golf with a friend at a course he'd never played before, and he's asking, you know, what do we do here? And uh, man, just put one right edge of the bunker and kind of cut it off so it falls right in the middle. It's going to be perfect. And uh, I step up and just like shank potamus, nothing good happens. And what do I say to him? I'll do as I say, not as I do, right? We use that phrase all the time. Jesus is the only one who rightly, guess what he says? No, do as I say and do as I do. Do as I say and do as I do. Listen to the commands that I've given to you and then also follow my example. The Apostle John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. The Apostle John was one of Jesus' best friends. Jesus had, um, he had his like, followers, all of these disciples. He had the 12 apostles. And then inside of those 12 apostles, he had this inner three group of guys. It was like Jesus' best friends, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Peter, we see first, second Peter. Um, and, and John, we see John. We see first, second, and third John. Uh, and, and this instruction comes out of first John 2, 4 through 6. If you were going to ask someone, who, who, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus, um, John would be a good guy to ask because he knew Jesus very, very well. He says this, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, whoever says, I know Jesus, Whoever says, yeah, I'm following Jesus, but doesn't do what Jesus says, they're a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, whoever does what Jesus says, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. So we know that we are in him, one, if, if we say we are in him, if we say we're following him, and when he do what he tells us to do, we know that we are in him. And then he turns it up even more. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him, whoever is following Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, firstly, we do what he said. 
We follow his commands. And then secondly, we walk in the same way in which he walked. We do what he did. Now, is there a line there? I think probably yes. Uh, I I have not been called to give my life for the salvation of the world. Um, However, Jesus did say, no greater love has anyone than this than they lay down their life for a friend. So in some sense, he has called me to lay down my life for people in my life, to sacrifice, to serve. Uh, am, Am I going to raise from the dead for like Jesus did, resurrect myself? No, I'm not gonna do that. Though someday we see that we will be resurrected and we will uh, live with the Lord in glory for eternity. What does it mean to follow Jesus? We do what he said and we do what he did. Let's talk about why. Why should we follow Jesus? Um, One of my favorite answers as a dad when my kids ask me why, like go clean your room, why? Uh, Get real clothes on, why? Um, Tie your shoes, why? Uh, I have resorted to just saying, because I'm your dad and I said so. That's like my, my go-to answer. And there's, there's other reasons. Why should you wear shoes? Because it's, it's, it's safer. You won't get sick if you, it's cold and rainy. Like, put, put your shoes on. There's other answers we could give for these types of things. Uh, and sometimes we ask these questions of God. Why? Why should we do this? Why should we do that? Uh, and he has the right to say, well, because I'm your dad, and I said so. He gets to do that, and throughout the scriptures, we actually see him allude to those types of things. Well, because I told you so, and I'm God. He gets to say that, but if we look through the scriptures, he gives us reasons for why. It's not just because I said so. We see the actual results and what can happen in our life when we truly commit ourselves to following Jesus. Let's talk about just four of them. There's so many more we could bring up. This morning, I just want to mention four. Why should we follow Jesus? Why should we follow Jesus? First reason, following Jesus changes us. Following Jesus changes us. It changes, it changes our life. And, and sometimes this time of year when we're doing all of our goal setting and New Year's resolutions and everything else, we look vision, right? We look forward to what we want to see. And, and you know, I want to see this in my life. And they could be good, perfectly godly goals. I want to treat my wife better. I want to treat my husband better. I want to be better to my kids. I want to manage the finances God has given me better. I want to steward my body better. All of these things could be wonderful. But what we see through following Jesus, following Jesus actually brings change into our life. It's not necessarily a change that we're trying to bring about on our own. It's change that Jesus brings about just from us choosing to follow him. When we follow him, we are changed. Matthew chapter four, verses 18 through 20, this is a story where Jesus calls people to follow him, two brothers in this case. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers. Simon, who's called Peter, he was one of those inner three, one of Jesus' three best friends. And Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for their fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. There's the command, follow me. Here's the result, and I will make you fishers of men. You follow me, and I will make you something else. And it says they responded. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed Jesus. Follow Jesus, and he will make them into a fisher of men. See, sometimes we could say, man, I really want to work on like uh, my testimony, how I share my testimony, and that's a great thing. Okay, I want to kind of craft and figure out how do I share my personal faith story of coming to Christ and how can I encourage people with that or apologetics. I want to defend my faith and we've offered classes and done sermon series on both of those types of things, sharing our faith, defending our faith. You know, I want to do this class, do this, do this, do this, do this. And, And here the instruction of Jesus to his disciples, he says, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. 
See, one of the best ways we can get better at sharing our faith, one of the best ways that we can get better at apologetics, defending our faith, is just through following Jesus. We just decide to follow Jesus, walk in step with him, and allow him to change our life rather than trying to just change our life on our own. Why do we follow Jesus? When we follow Jesus, Jesus changes us. The second thing, why do we follow Jesus? Well, following Jesus keeps us in the light. Now think of light versus dark in two ways. Think of light versus dark physically, and then we can think of light versus dark spiritually. Let's talk physical first. Would you rather walk into your kid's bedroom in the dark or in the light? Okay, it's... That wasn't a hard question. Everyone say, in the light. The preference is the light, right? It's a war zone in there. It's a disaster. There's Legos everywhere, old potato chips, pieces of fruit. Who knows what you could step on uh, if you go into your kid's bedroom. So you you prefer light. That's That's an easy one. I prefer light. Uh, Would you prefer to drive around in the dark without your headlights on, or do you want your headlights on? I want to see I want to have the clarity to see where I'm supposed to go. So that's physical light. We can take the same thing and apply it to spiritual light. Uh, Would we rather walk in spiritual darkness or would we rather walk in spiritual light? I mean, do we want to see the way in which God would have us go um, or do we want to just walk in darkness and just live in a life of sin? Now, if we're in Christ, if you've chosen to follow him, you're probably thinking, man, I would rather, I want to walk in the light. I want to walk in the light. The scriptures also say people don't come to the light because they're afraid of the light. They don't want the light to expose the works of darkness. People who are committed to a life of sin, to a life of darkness, would rather run from the light. But for those of us who are in Christ, Jesus says, follow me. Follow me, and you can actually have the light of life. John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Simply by deciding to walk with Jesus, to follow Jesus, to do what he said and do what he did, we can walk in the light. Why do we follow Jesus? Because when we follow Jesus, we walk in the light. There's a third reason. Why do we follow Jesus? Well, following Jesus leads to the Father. Following Jesus leads to where God the Father is. Now, we live in this weird, like, polytheistic, pantheistic, and atheistic world where um, there either is no God at all or there's this God who sits at the top of a mountain and there's a bajillion trails that lead to the top of that mountain and all you have to do is just pick one. You just pick a trail that leads to the God of your choice and just be faithful to it, just be sincere about it. But here Jesus, he says, no, if you want to know the way to the Father, by following Jesus, we find the Father. John chapter 14, verses five and six. Thomas said to him, this is another one of his disciples, Lord, we don't know where you're going. See, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go before you and prepare a place. I'm going to prepare a place for you so we can live with each other in eternity forever. I'm going to go and prepare that place. So they respond, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? How do we get to that place for all of eternity. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way to the Father. Like wide, wide and long and, and, and windy and, and, and whatever. There's lots of people who can walk that road, but God says that road, that easy road leads to destruction. It's this narrow straight road. It's the way of few, but it's the way of life. 
and the way to life. By walking with Jesus, by following Jesus, we find the Father. Fourthly, why else do we follow Jesus? We follow Jesus because following Jesus leads to fruit. Following Jesus leads to fruit. If you're new to church and new to Bible stuff, you're thinking like, that's the weirdest thing. We follow Jesus and we, we end up at a cornucopia of delicious, fresh organic fruits. Like, um, no, it's not that. When the Bible speaks of, of fruit, it speaks of like our actions, the good things that God produces within us, the good things that God produces from our life. The fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, I'll go on and so forth. He produces these things in our life. There's not like these fruits we just attach to ourselves, but we follow Jesus and he produces things in our life. John chapter 15, verse five, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, whoever follows me, whoever walks with me, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we follow Jesus, he changes us and begin, begins to produce things in our life that would not be there on our own. Uh, think of it like this. Man, some of you have been walking with Jesus for a year. You've been following Jesus for five years. You've been following Jesus for 10 years. And if you look back on your life, five, 10 years ago, before you met Christ, you probably see a different person. You see a different person. You say, man, I used to be just a, a prideful guy. Prideful guy, everything was about my ego, my image, it was all about me. Everything was about building up me. And while that is still there a, a little bit, I, I look back on who I once was and now I look at my life, who I am in Christ, and I just realize how much God has changed my life. How, how pride once just dwelled so richly and all the fruit I produced with pride, 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 but now I see this fruit of like humility and service Apart from following Jesus, those things just wouldn't show up. Or you could say, man, apart from Christ, if I look back in the day, I was just not a very loving lady. Not a loving lady. I was kind, I was rude, I was brash. Didn't care much for God, didn't care much for his people. I look at my life now since giving my life to Christ, walking with Jesus and following Jesus, he's just, he's changed my life. I see love that was never evident in my, in my life before. So this is what happens. When we abide in Christ, we bear much fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So we follow Jesus. What's that mean to follow Jesus? We do what he said, we do what he did. What happens when we follow Jesus? He changes us. When we follow Jesus, he changes us. When we follow Jesus, we walk in the light. When we follow Jesus, we are led to the Father. When we follow Jesus, he produces fruit in our life. All those things sound great. How? Right, like that's, that's the question. Back in the day, you'd go on ehow.com to figure it out. How to tie a tie, ehow.com, just tell me how. And now you go on YouTube, watch a tutorial. How do I do this, how do I do this, how do I do this? Give me some help, how? Three ways, look at look, three ways that we can follow Jesus. How we follow Jesus today going into 2023. First, we follow in his footsteps. We follow in his footsteps. We follow his example. We do what he did. We look at the way Christ lived and we decide that's the way that I'm going to live my life. We walk with him and we follow in his footsteps. We follow his example. First Peter chapter two, this was one of Jesus' three best friends, Peter, the apostle Peter. 
He says this, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you too might follow in his steps. When it comes to the suffering we will experience in this life, just as Christ suffered, so too we suffer. How? How do we go about that? When we encounter trials of various kinds, when we um, find ourselves in the valley, when we find ourselves just in, in just bad seasons, hard seasons of life, How do we go through those? We go through those like Jesus did. With grace, with patience, with truth, with love. We could look at his example all over the place. He says in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, this is the apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, therefore be imitators of God. Imitate Jesus. Look to what Jesus did and do what Jesus did as his beloved children. So we could look at Jesus' life, some things that we can, uh, can imitate, right? We can't imitate death, resurrection, dying for people's sins. We can't do that. But we can look the way he lived his life, look at the way he interacted with others, look at the way uh, he served other people. Recall the story, uh, the Last Supper, right? They sit down to have a meal. Uh, and, and normally there's a servant there who will wash the feet of everyone before they have dinner because their feet stank and they're disgusting, uh, and Jesus gets up, and at this point, the disciples are like, uh, this, we messed up. Of all the people who should be washing our feet, it is not Jesus who should be washing our stinky feet. Jesus gets up, gets the towel, takes the role of a servant, and washes the feet of his disciples. And he says, just as I've done for you, so do to one another. Serve each other. Serve each other. We look at our life and we ask the question, okay, what would Jesus do in this situation? Remember those bracelets? We gave out like a a couple thousand of those things. We still see some of our students rocking them, which is amazing. Uh, It's just a wonderful reminder to ask ourselves the question, man, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do in this situation? Walking into your sports locker room, I found out growing up that a hockey locker room is one of the most perverse places in the world. It's just bad. There's just a lot of bad things guys are talking about. And, and okay, walking into the locker room. Um, by the way, Jesus needs Christians in hockey locker rooms, so don't say Christians don't belong there. You could read the high priestly prayer, John chapter 17. Jesus prays, don't take them out of the world. I'm sending them back into the world. I just want you to keep them from the evil one. Okay, so Jesus needs Christians all over the place. But as we walk into that hockey locker room, what do we say? Man, Jesus, how would you treat this situation? What would you do here? What would Jesus do in this? Mom's shopping at Costco, pushing way too many carts of stuff, and you're at Costco, no time you should be at Costco. If you're thinking of going to Costco today on a Sunday, you're just wrong, don't do it, it's bad. Jesus would not do that. But let's say, but let's say you are, you are, and your kids are going absolutely berserk. All you want to do is shut them up and get them to listen so you can get out of Costco. You know that feeling. And don't, act, don't look at me like, how dare you? You all know that feeling. We ask ourselves the question, okay, Jesus, right now, what would Jesus do? How, do you, how are you dealing with this situation? And it's not just, oh, let kids be kids. If kids are acting foolish, teach them some wisdom. Discipline your kids. Help them follow Jesus. Help them find Jesus. But what's that look like? Just get them quiet so your life can be easier or point them to Christ. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. The faith of a child, what's that look like for us? Men, after a long day of work, you're going home and all you wanna do, it's stressful, there's chaos, all you wanna do is go inside, 
kick your feet up, crack open a pop, watch a show, and do nothing. As you pull into that driveway, as you're driving home, I'd encourage you to ask that question. Hey, what would Jesus do? I know what I want. See, I know what Thomas wants. What would Thomas do? I'm very familiar with what Thomas prefers in any of those situations. But Christ hasn't called Thomas to live like Thomas. Christ has called Thomas to live like Christ. So we ask ourselves that question. What would Jesus do here? What's it look like for me to go inside this house right now? Lord, would you help me serve the way you've called me to serve? Lord, would you help me love the way you've called me to love? Help me live like Jesus. We lay down our cross. We, we take up our cross. We deny ourselves, and we decide to live like Christ. We follow in his footsteps. How else? How else do we follow Jesus? Well, we follow people who are following Jesus. We follow people who are following Jesus. See, Jesus don't have a Twitter or an Instagram or a TikTok, but there's a lot of Jesus followers who have a Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or a YouTube or whatever other thing you're into on social media where you could follow those people and they might point you to Christ. They might, have, might encourage you or point you to Jesus as you're scrolling through a sea of despair or whatever it is that you're looking through that day. You could find something that actually encourages your heart in a godly way and points you to Jesus. You could follow those types of people. Um, you could hop into a group. Brendan talked about that. Life is pretty hard enough. Why should we do that on our own? Every person needs their people. Find your people in a group. Find your people in a group. Let's take that one step further. Let's say, man, you've been walking with Jesus for five years. Maybe it's time you, follow, you find someone who's been walking with Jesus for 10 years, walking with Jesus for 15 years, walking with Jesus for 20 years, and you just ask them the question, hey, could you disciple me and show me how to do this? Show me how to do this. What's discipleship? That's a new phrase. We talk about that a lot within the church. A relationship that intentionally multiplies Christ-like followers. It's a relationship that helps you follow Jesus. Maybe it's your time to plug in to one of those. Or maybe you're on the other side of that spectrum. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Maybe it's time you look behind you and find the believer who's been walking with Jesus for one year, for two years, for five years. And you say, hey, can I, can I show you what it looks like to walk with Jesus? Not in a prideful way where you just think, man, I've got everything figured out. I know everything. I've got everything figured out. It's not that, but 1 Corinthians 11, verse one, the apostle Paul, he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. In other words, follow me because I'm following Jesus. If you wanna know what it looks like to follow Jesus, well, come walk with me because I'm following Jesus. If humbly you can look at your life and say, yeah, do you know what? I should be doing that. Now what's holding you back? what's holding you back. We'd love to help you find someone that you can disciple, someone you can pour your life into and help them follow Jesus. We, we find someone and we follow someone who's following Jesus. What's a third way? How do we follow Jesus? Uh, a third way we can do this, we get in the word. We get in the word. Now, as a church and as Christians, uh, let me finish what I'm saying before your feathers get ruffled. Uh, as Christians, we do not worship the Bible. We don't worship the Bible. We, we worship the God who wrote it. We worship the God who spoke it. The Bible in and of itself is not the end. It's a means to the end, and the end is Jesus. We 
love the Bible because we love Jesus. We worship Jesus, therefore we turn to the thing where we can find who he is, where we can learn more of him, we can find his commands, we can see uh, what it looks like to be redeemed, what it looks like for us to walk with Jesus, what it looks like to be saved. This is where we turn for life's biggest answers, uh, not because we worship this, but because we worship Jesus. And because we desire to follow Jesus, we turn to the thing where we see what he said. And because we want to follow Jesus, we turn to the thing where we can see what he did. And then we can follow him better. I heard a statistic this last week on, on one of the Christian radio stations, and they talked about uh, a survey they did. It was like five years ago, six years ago, I forget now. But the question they asked of thousands of people, uh, thousands of, of self-proclaimed Christians, uh, they asked the question, how many of you are in the Bible like five days a week? And out of those thousands of people, however many they asked, the answer was 21%, which I was shocked in a good way, actually. I was like, wow. I actually would have thought less than one in five. I thought it'd be fewer than that. They could all be lying. Who knows? It's one of those survey things. And everyone wants to look the best when you're asking them a question, right? How much do you weigh? 185, right? No one gives the real answers to those questions. Um, But then they did the same survey, a different group of people, four or five years later, and it had dropped from 21% now to like 14% or 17% or something. So now the trajectory is going in a pretty bad way. The amount of Christians who say they desire to follow Jesus have little to no interaction on a weekly or daily basis with God's word, the very place we go to know who he is, to know what he did, and to see what he expects of us and how we should live our life. Now, that isn't meant to be a guilt-trippy type thing, right? You might be sitting here now thinking, man, I... I fit that, that other side of that equation where I'm not in the word. I don't. And, and honestly, some of that might just be because you don't know what to do. I want to be in the word. I don't know what that looks like. That's a big book. I gave up chapter books after high school. I don't want to read big books anymore. How, how do I do that? And I, you know, I started in Genesis and did pretty good until I got to Leviticus, and that stuff sounded weird, so I stopped. But as followers of Jesus, if we want to get into Jesus, we have to get into the word because through this word, the word of God, we're actually introduced to and know how to follow the word, which is Jesus. If you look at John chapter one, verses one through five, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you fast forward to verse 14, it says, the word became flesh. Friends, the word is Jesus. Through getting into this word, we can actually get into the word, the word that we want to follow. If we want to follow Jesus, we cannot neglect getting into the very thing that's going to show us what he did. Show us what he said and show us who he is. My hope and prayer uh, as we go into a new year, as you're setting some vision for your life, right, that preferred future that impacts your present reality, as you're putting some goals in place to reach that thing that you want to see, is that you would not neglect this. That you wouldn't neglect following Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8 says this, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. 
Train yourself for godliness. This is a Greek word. It's the same word we get the word gymnasium or gymnastics from. Um, Some commentators have said, like, this word has the smell of the gym in it. It stinks. It's a sweaty word. We train ourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, and hey, it is. God, God just said it. Bodily training is of some value. Trying to be healthy, that's valuable. Trying to eat better and work out more, okay, that's valuable. Trying to get your finances in order, trying to get your family in order, all of those things are valuable. But they're only of some value. He goes on and says, godliness, training for godliness, is of value in every way, as it holds promise for this present life and also for the life to come. Training ourselves for godliness, getting into his word is valuable in every way. See, one of the best ways, if you're trying to bring your entire life under the lordship of Christ, let's say you're trying to bring your family under the lordship of Christ, one of the best things you could do is get into the word because as you get into the word, you'll submit yourself to the lordship of Christ, which means you'll be submitting also your family under the lordship of Christ. You know, I'm trying to reach my fitness goals and hey, one of the best things you can do this year to reach your fitness goals is by submitting your entire self to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because as you submit yourself to his word and you submit your entire self to his lordship, the lordship of Jesus Christ, you'll also find you're submitting uh, your body, your fitness, everything to the lordship of Christ. I want to get my finances in order. You know who talks a lot about finances? Jesus. His word says all sorts of things about it. So as we're trying to submit ourselves to the lordship of Christ, we submit ourselves to his word, and through submitting ourselves to his word, we'll actually find ourselves submitting ourselves financially also under the lordship of Christ. We seek to follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, he changes us. When we follow Jesus, we walk in the light. When we follow Jesus, we live a life. At the end, we find the Father. When we follow Jesus, we see him produce this kind of fruit in our life. We have to get into the word. We have to. I mentioned earlier um, our new church vision. I'm gonna go ahead and invite the worship team out to join us. We're gonna um, wrap up with this. We'll take communion and then we'll continue to sing again. Uh, We talked about equipping the church to follow Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. We want to equip. That means we come alongside of, we resource, we train, we walk with, we teach, we preach, we worship. Everything is intended to help people follow Jesus. Over the last couple of months, we've created a new resource that we want to equip the entire church with, uh, and it's a week daily Bible reading devotion plan that we're calling Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Uh, And we would encourage you to sign up for this. Um, Already just this morning and Thursday night, I think we're around 400 people who have decided to sign up um, to get in the Word with us. And what Get in the Word is, it's a week daily chapter of the Bible delivered to you via text or delivered to you via email each and every day, hear this, at 5 a.m. Some of you just decided that's an email thing, not a text thing. Whatever one works for you. You can opt in. One of the ways you do this, you can scan this QR code thing. If that's like real fancy, uh, you can go on our website. You can go highlandschurch.org and get in the word is all over the place. Um, you can go highlandschurch.org slash word. You can find that there. Uh, you can also text us. Text Highlands to 94,000 and getting in the word is one of the options that you'll receive there. And let me tell you what get in the word is not. It is not a uh, read the Bible in a year kind of plan where you end up reading a ton. Those are great, and if that's what you're into, 
that's fantastic. Uh, this is not a chronological reading plan. If you like chronological plans, that's what you're into, man, that's fantastic. I'd encourage you to continue um, doing that. But what is get in the word? It's a one chapter a day, one chapter a day. Now for some of you, you might say, wow, that's a lot. And for some of you, you might think, that's it. And wherever you're at in your current Bible reading, uh, I'd encourage you to join, to join us so we can all get in the word together as a church. We're starting with the Gospel of Mark. That'll start tomorrow morning. You'll get a text or an email at 5 a.m. encouraging you to get in the word. There'll be a couple of prompts for you. Uh, first, it'll just say, hey, why don't you try to pray for a second or for a minute or so to get your heart right? I don't know about you. When I wake up, I can be a grumpy old man. My head turns on way quicker than my heart does. So sometimes I need a little prayer check to get me ready. I'd encourage you to do that. Just, just pray. And, and after your reading, there's a few prompts. And it just says things like, man, what stands out to you most from this reading? Is there something that when you read it, it just like, it hits you? Because if, if that happens, that's God being like, hey, this is the thing for you today. If you find like conviction because of something you read, that's the thing that God's saying like, hey, this is, this is it. Follow me in this. Walk with me in this. It's a chapter a day. I'd encourage you, hop in, join us so we can get into the word together with the purpose of getting into Jesus. That's our hope. That's our prayer for our church. That's our hope. It's our prayer for you that as we get into the word together, God would change our lives, that God would change our church, that God would change our community, that God would change our city for his glory and his glory alone. Amen. We're going to take communion together this morning. I love communion. It gives us a few opportunities to do uh, just, just some great reflection. It allows us to look back. Look back at who Christ is, what Christ has done for us. The scriptures say that Jesus came and lived a perfect life that we couldn't live even if we tried to, which to be honest, we probably don't. He came and lived a perfect life, allowing him to be a per perfect sacrifice for our sins. The Bible says that he died. He died for our sins. He was dead for three days, but the scriptures say he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead, defeating death. And the scriptures say when you and I confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we too can be saved when we place our faith, our hope, our trust in Christ, the way, the truth, the life, we can experience life forever. We look back and see what Christ has done on our behalf. We also look in. We look inside our own heart. We examine ourselves and say, man, God, is there anything within me this morning that I just need you to purge? that I need you to just remove from my life. We, we confess, we repent, and we choose to follow Jesus. We also look in and we say, man, am I truly in Christ this morning? Am I going through the motions trying to do church? Or do I trust Christ for my salvation and do I truly desire to just follow and walk with him, do what he said and do what he did? We also look forward, we look forward to the joyful day, our blessed hope, knowing that someday Christ will return and bring us home that will live with him forever. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he was enjoying a meal with his disciples, and during the meal, he took a loaf of bread. He broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. We do this in remembrance of what he's done for us. In the same way, during a meal, he took a cup and he said, this cup, this wine represents my blood poured out for you. 
do this as often as we do it in remembrance of him. Jesus, we love you. We want to follow you. We want to worship you. God, I just ask that you'd help us. We know we'll fail. We'll get things wrong. We won't act right. We won't think right. We won't talk right. God, help us have a quick confession, a quick repent that we continue walking with you and continue following you into 2023. God, I pray that you would uh, just just bless the people who are here today. God, those who are uh, maybe deciding they want to get into the word with us, I ask that you'd give them um, diligence and perseverance to wake up even on mornings when they don't want to, that they'd get into the word when they don't feel like it. God, for those who um, aren't yet ready to opt in, God, I pray that you would continue to place that on their heart. They desire to follow you, the word, and that one of the ways we do that is by getting into your word, the Bible. God, I pray for those who are um, just mourning the loss that they may have experienced from 2022 or anything that's gone on in their life. God, we pray that you would comfort them. You'd be gracious towards them. And God, for those who experience some kind of gain over 2022, the good things that you, um, that you offer. God, I pray that we wouldn't see those uh, of us, we'd see them only of you as blessings, as gifts from you, and that we'd give glory where glory's due. God, we respond now uh, just by, by giving you all the worship, all the honor, all the praise. God, we ask you to take everything, everything we have, everything we are. God, we give it all to you to be used by you for your glory and your glory alone. God, we love you. And all God's people said, to stand and join us as we dedicate our lives to Jesus in 2023. Amen. Hey, as you're setting your goals, your bodily training goals, which God says are of some value, I'd encourage you, train for godliness because it's a value in every way, in this life and then also in the life to come. I would encourage you, if you're not in the word, get in the word with us. Get in the word with us. And you know, this isn't like a one-time thing. This isn't a one weekend only type thing. This isn't your only chance to get in the word with us. This is something we're just gonna be doing as a church. As long as he allows us, as long as we feel like he wants us to, we'll continue sending these to you Monday through Friday. You can sign up whenever you want. You can sign up this morning. You can sign up tomorrow. I would encourage you before uh, you change your mind, I would encourage you, sign up today. Again, highlandchurch.org slash word, highlandchurch.org, info central, grab one of these flyers, scan the QR code, and get signed up. Get in the word with us. This year, may you follow Jesus like you never have before. Would he change your life? Would he change the life of our church? And through our church, would he change our community? Would he change our city for his glory and his glory alone? We love you guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.